Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever, and why ever. You're taking the time to uh, spend, uh, spend some time with us. We appreciate that you are. We have a very special guest today. He is a man that is serving up 31 flavors of whoop-ass nationwide at his, his phenomenal ice cream socials. We have Cold Stone Tim Boston. Cold Stone, how are you, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Give me a well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It is a pleasure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Tim, you are you're, you're back on the road now. The the I'm trying to trying to pandemic has passed. How was it being? Were you able to train? Were you? I mean, are you knocking ring rust off? How are you doing right now? Uh, I was fortunate. The the company that I trained with. The company that I, that I used by most, uh, Magnum Pro down here in the Omaha area, um, it took about three months or so, and then they opened their school back up probably late summer. Okay. Um, very small groups, very small um, crowds, and, and it wasn't like fans or anything like that. It was just like, hey, we're bringing four guys in. Two of you can jump in the ring, knock the rest off, get your reps in. Everybody else has to sit out and wait. We're going to go through that a little bit. You get half hour at a time, do what you need to do, get, you know, get your stuff done. So having that availability, having a ring 30, 40 minutes away from me was great. Um, Cause that was uh, one of the things Duke Cornell, one of the guys that I love from the area. Uh, he's, he's a big mentor to me whenever, whenever I have to go somewhere for the first time, or I'm reaching out to a new company and I'm like, Hey, what's something I should know about this company or what's something I should know about this person that I'm, that I'm scheduled to work with. Uh, he's one of the three guys down in the area that I really kind of refer to. And, and I use him kind of as a rule of thumb. Uh, we were kind of joking that, you know, the first time people come back and there's a crowd and someone, and they take their first bump, they're going to go, Oh, right. <laughs> this. And it, it kind of that violent realization that, Hey, this hurts. And if you don't, you don't do it routinely, the stuff that you take for granted, you know, the, also, you know, the aches and pains that you get the following morning or the car ride home, you know, when those start to kind of rear their head, it kind of makes you go, oh, right, this. <laughs> so, uh, no, I was fortunate to kind of get that out of the way and, uh, and get past that kind of ugly phase real quick. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And with your, with your style, and I, I really appreciate your style, uh, do, you get to, do you get to save a little bit on that bump card because of your style? And is that, did you think that out? Were you like, you know what, I'm going to go into this with, uh, with kind of a different, a different style. And I don't want to, I a want different the longevity. Style. Uh, longevity. That's one thing I've been told. They're like, man, you're going to be able to work till you're 75 years old if you want to, which that sounds like a great idea. I don't know if I want to do that though. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot I want to do until I'm 75, but, um, no, um, I, when I first started, I wanted to be a manager. I was like, I think I can cut some good promos. I think I can kind of get some good heat or get a, get a good face reaction uh, with the crowd. I think I can really, you know, that's the one thing that I think that this, that the companies down um, in my area are missing or kind of that manager, that, um, that kind of instigating outside force. And I was told, like, that's, that's great. You have an idea what you want to do. But any good manager, if they're a bad guy, the crowd's going to want to see them take a punch. So you got to know how to bump. You got to know your timing. You got to know how to throw your strikes, how to take your strikes. Um, the thing that's great about with managers is the really, really good ones. 
know when to get involved, you know, uh, and then they also know when to pull back and kind of let the, the people that are in the audience get that spotlight and get the full attention of the, um, uh, the people that are wrestling, get that full attention from the audience. So uh, I came learning how to do all that stuff. So people get rolled and things like that. Hey, we're going to do this, this bump drill, stand up, jog in place, bump, get up, stand up, jog in place, front bump, roll back, get up, you know, do all that stuff. We were doing that stuff regularly. Um, and then it kind of just clicked. Like some of the physicality of it um, just clicked with me. The timing uh, was there. The character, the characterization really came easy. I have a history in uh, gymnastics and floor tumbling that I did since I was younger. And so the timing and the body control and body movement was kind of like secondhand nature to me. Um, so when we all uh, started like doing mini matches or kind of putting little mini spots together to kind of get our timing and get our pacing and stuff down, it really clicked. And the owner of Magnum Pro, Jason Strife, who's the guy that I trained with, he goes, you should maybe think about doing more than being a, I think that there's, I think that there's something here. Um, as far as like the creation of the character, that was us just goofing around in a backyard stretching. Um, it was, I think it was the, uh, so that would have been 2015. That was the year that Macho Man was getting inducted into the hall of fame. And so everybody's coming in, we're, we're pumped, you know, Ooh, Macho Man, we're doing the fingers, you know, we got our, our, our stunner shades on, you know, we're, Ooh, yeah, brother, let me tell you something. You know, we're doing all doing voices and stuff like that, talking about our favorite macho moments. And then it was just like, somebody goes, Hey, you, you do that voice really well. What, what else do you, what else do you do? And we're just kind of riffing off each other. You know, someone's macho, someone's Steve Austin, someone's the rock and Hogan, you know, it's kind of doing these classic characters, uh, these, these classic impersonations of, of WF wrestlers. And that was, that was it. Strife goes, that needs to be, that needs to be the character. You need to, you need to do something with that. Gotcha. And so that was kind of the birth of, of cold stone, Tim Boston. Like, what if we take this, uh, uh, kind of mean culture. What if we take these real quick dad jokes, these dumb references, these inside jokes, these kind of like grown, like, oh, did he really just make that joke? You know, what if we took kind of something like that and turned it into a character? Um, so for me, as someone learning to wrestle, it was great because it laid out kind of a roadmap of what I needed to do in the ring. These are the moves that you do. These are how they're done. This is how they feed into each other. Here's all the classic matches that everyone loves. Pull those parts, of, you know, pull pieces out of them, rearrange the parts, put your own spin on it. Um, here's how Austin filmed promos when he was stunning Steve Austin. Here's how he filmed promos when he was with ECW. Here's how he filmed promos when he was with, when he was the ringmaster first transitioning into Steve Austin. And then now here's how he films promos as part of like his broken skull sessions. Right. So to get, um, to start out and just go, here's 30 years, boom, to learn from. <laughs> yeah, it was right there. For like you. it was almost like a blessing. Like it just clicked. Uh, now you didn't, obviously you said that that just kind of came up. That was you guys riffing. You didn't see mm -hmm. yourself as cold stone when you got into it. You know, as, as Mick Foley always said, he saw himself as dude love, not Cactus Jack or Mankind. Right. So you didn't see yourself as Cold Stone. That just happened. Who did you see yourself 
as, or was that always kind of back in, in the back of your mind as well? No. So, so that's it. That's, um, uh, in the area, there's a lot of different talent. Um, there's a lot of different characters and wrestling styles. You've got kind of the classic strong man with the handlebar mustache. You've got the scary guys that look like they live under the ring, you know, when the show's not, when the show's not running, you've got, you've got the body guys, you've got the high flyers, you've got the rednecks that drink beer. You've got the clean cut guys in suits, like you're kind of everything in between. There's each one of those kind of characters, kind of those um, almost stereotypical is going to sound, sound demeaning, but it's not just like the stereotypical characters that you associate with wrestlers. So it's like, well, maybe if I did a, did a character like this, and it's like, no, that, okay, that's actually too close to, to this guy. Okay, well, what if I put a spin on it and did like this? No, somebody else does something like that. And so it was me just kind of jumping through kind of the archetypes of characters, and it, it started landing on like, well, what if no one in the area is outwardly funny? Like no one is, is a joke from the second their music hits to the second they go backstage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people would do little spots that are funny or that would elicit a laugh or get kind of a joke-like response, but nobody was like, I am a goofball from step one to the end. And so like, okay, maybe that's where I can go. That's my avenue. That's how I'm going to switch it up and do something different. Yeah, and that it's it's interesting that you say that because I was in my first uh, exposure to you was that uh, with Midwest, was it Midwest also wrestling? Uh, where you've got mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Cruz in Wyoming. Ryan Cruz. And Ryan Cruz is one of my favorites. Uh, the shirt that he wore that, that night out to the ring, I actually bought that yeah. from him And when I was talking to him. Yeah. It, it hangs up with the rest of my shirts. But Ryan Cruz has been one of my favorites for, I mean, 15 years. Uh, he's been just mm-hmm. a phenomenal. He's a mainstay in, in the Midwest, obviously, if, if you're into indie wrestling. Yeah. And when he came, when he came out, he was the reason I bought the, the bought the ticket to the show was to guy wanted to go see Ryan Cruz. When he came out, I knew I was cheering for Ryan Cruz. And then you came out and I wanted to boo you. I wanted to boo you <laughs> so hard, but the match started. And as soon as it started and the antics were playing off each other, I'm, I'm clapping. I mean, nonstop throughout the match because it was so, it was so entertaining and it was so good. And every, you know, every near fall, I was excited, whether it was, you on top or it was his him on top it, it was such a fun match to to watch and he has been doing that style of match for probably i don't know i want to say maybe five to eight years in that range because he didn't start out you know he didn't yeah. start out with that that style when you're working a match with somebody that has that i don't want to say you guys have the same style but similar style where you do have kind of the like you said, goofball type of, of, of matchup. Mm-hmm. How do you set that up between each other? Or is it just, I mean, is it just a beautiful sit down and go, yep, we're going to do this. This'll get them. This'll get them. This'll get sure. them. Cause you guys got me at every single turn. I mean, I got done. I felt like I just had an ab workout. I was laughing so hard. The match. <laughs> how does, how does the, the setup of that match work? Yeah. So uh, that, that is a, that is probably the most glowing write-up I've ever received about anything I've done as like the Tim Boston character. So I like super appreciate. I'm glad I'm sitting down. Otherwise I have to like, <laughs> probably just faint here. Um, I, uh, the photographer who's at that show, um, Molly, she's like, I got a third of the, sh- of the photos that I usually take. I was laughing so hard. You assholes made my mascara run. And it's like, yes, yes. You know, um, 
what's great about working with Ryan Cruz is that I'm actually I was really familiar with his work. Magnum Pro had booked him a few times uh, when he was part of the North Star Express. Yep. Um, I watched him work first wrestling when they ran in Des Moines um, that year. Uh, I had seen him work another first show, and plus, it's uh, his name carries a lot of weight to it. He's one of the guys in the Midwest that that really defines what professional wrestling is here, especially in Minnesota. I mean, he's one of the top guys, top three, top four guys every year, regardless of where he's at or how often he's working. Like Ryan Cruz is a phenomenal talent. Um, so the first time I'd ever actually met him like in a wrestling capacity uh, was down at Magnum Pro. And we just kind of clicked right away. We were talking about music. We were talking about, Hey, Oh, that t-shirt brand. I love that brand. Oh yeah, me too, man. And then I lift up some out of my gym bag. I've got the same logo on it. And so we just kind of just call cool, cool. You know? And then fast forward three years later, and now I'm working up for Midwest, All uh, Midwest all-star. Um, and I'm wrestling Ryan Cruz. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. This is kind of like a bucket list match for me. Like I've, that was the guy that I saw wrestle. And I'm like, yes, you, you just, you know, you hear a song on the radio and the, the hair on your arm stands up or you go see a movie and you kind of get tingly and you're like, there's something here. I, there's, you know, this is cool. This is awesome. Uh, watching Ryan Cruz Russell was kind of the same thing for me. Like just his timing, his pacing, the stuff that he put together and how he ordered it was just, was just like, Oh man, this guy is so smart. He has such a good wrestling brain. Like this is incredible. So the fact that I got to work with him at a, at a time where I was still kind of redefining uh, and evolving my style and kind of really defining what I wanted to do in front of the crowd and things like that uh, was great for me because when it clicked and the audience reacted to it, I was like, nailed it. Okay, the, now I know where to go from here. Um, working with Ryan though, like we're pair, we're putting stuff together and we're hearing everybody else in the match go, all right, do this 450, uh, roll out. I'll do this dive. Okay. Top here. Up, up, and we're just kind of sitting there like, do you think we can get away with it? Can you think we can do a double down about 90 seconds in? And we're like, yeah, let's do a double down 90 seconds in. And so it was one of those things of like, uh, we joke down here, we call everybody like wrestler, wrestler. And that's, those are the super serious people that, that don't just take, uh, you know, being good, being good in the ring. That don't just take, you know, dedicating their time in the gym or or tape studying whatever, but like really taking this seriously. No, I'm a competitor. I'm an athlete. I, you know, I live, breathe, eat, sleep professional wrestling. You know, we're like those were the wrestler, wrestler types. And it's like we're entertaining people. Like we're going to make people laugh. We're going to do wrestling stuff to get a comedic response. And so, uh, but yeah, just putting stuff together, like. Ooh, do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Click this. And uh, it's probably one of the few times that stuff that um, just pitching stuff, I've had someone go, yes, and then I want to follow it up with this. Like, uh, I, I listen to a lot of stand-up comedy. I love uh, stand-up comedians. It's probably, was, if I could do anything and, like, be really, really good at it, stand-up com- comedian would be my would be my secondary profession of choice. But um, they always talk about, yeah, buddy, go for it. I need, I need three. I need to know where you're driving your influence from with stand-up comedy. I literally, okay. when I go to um, bed every night, I listen to stand-up comedy like specials because like it's a yeah. great way to keep your mind off of negative thoughts and just fall asleep laughing. <laughs> there you go. Um, so uh, a lot of stand-up comedians, sometimes you'll hear them tell stories about like bad improv and they're like, no, 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 with improv, it's always yes and this is what we did and this thing happened 
and we went here. And, and the story kind of builds and kind of gets momentum and picks up off itself. And when you hear someone go, no, it's hard stop. All the momentum is just killed. Everything just comes to a complete grinding halt. And so working with Ryan, it was like, well, I want to do this. Perfect. And I want to do this. Oh, and we can lead to here. And then let's get our referee involved. And then let's put that here. And it was just kind of this like, we're kind of just like throwing things in the air and it just landed perfectly. Um, that's uh, That match was in March uh, 2019. Uh, I, ha- I don't have a whole lot of, I, there are matches that I like. There are spots that I like. That is my favorite match I've ever had. I've watched it back numerous times. I haven't picked it apart. I haven't thought about it to the point where I hated it. I love that match. And uh, I owe Ryan Cruz a lot just because it was like when it, when stuff clicked and the audience reacted and, you know, we hear that have the photographer laughing so hard and she's like, you guys are jerks. And she's rubbing mascara out of her eyes or we can hear the commentary, you know, try to keep up because they're laughing so hard. It's like, okay, nailed it this was the sign that i needed to say keep going you know keep working um comedians uh stand-up comedians the first one i always listen to is Patton oswald okay oh man Patton is such a gem uh one of my absolute favorite uh people that does or people that does people that do a bunch of filler roles <laughs> like you know like a lot of like animated sitcoms all like pops burgers mm-hmm. or is a perfect example We'll have someone who yep. does like 132 voices on the show. That's Patton Oswald for Bojack Horseman. Uh, oh yeah, Neil McBeal, the Navy workhorse. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> I uh, I adore Patton. So all right, give me number two. No, uh, Patton Oswald's number one. Um, I love Jim Gaffigan. Like I think he okay. does like kind of like goofy, just kind of like white guy middle of the road comedy like his one he had one special where he talked about a hot pocket for like 90 minutes like it was like okay and then he made it funny and entertaining so um he's still talking about uh, the hot pocket let's be honest he still is that was i saw him uh in concert probably about i don't know six eight months after kind of that stand-up cd got huge hear people in the audience kind of like call it out like almost like a like a karaoke, like they wanted him to do the bit right after they got done yelling hot pockets. And like, he would just tease it and then not do it. And so he just would like, he'd bring you real close. Oh, no. And then kind of go somewhere else with the joke. And it was funny because it's like, I don't want to just go and hear someone just do their CD back in order. Like I've heard that a hundred times already at this point, like tell me something different, rearrange your jokes, you know, make it, uh, make it sound different, hit, hit the joke from this angle as opposed to this one or emphasize this word as opposed to this one, like, you know, give me something unique to this show that I'm in right now. Um, and so he did that really well. It was really, I have a lot of respect for him just cause it's like, wow, like he could have easily just done the joke and just did it start to finish without changing a beat. And it would have drove people crazy. They would have went nuts for it. But instead he kind of like took us on a little different path and how it, you know, how it got delivered on CD. Did you uh, know- so Patton, Jim Gaffigan, Third one. Did you know Jim Gaffigan used to play football for Purdue? That's a fun fact I oh, have about him. Yeah, he used to play football for Purdue. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I... That's it. I was like, scrolling through the interwebs one day, and then I just see this like picture of him, like uh, you know, the classic like got your hand on the football helmet and you got taken one knee on the field. But yeah, he uh, used to play football. I, I think he was a defensive player, if I remember correctly. I can't tell you the position off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm trying to look through who's uh, who I've searched for recently on my 
uh, in music, but uh, definitely Patton. Um, I'm a real big Tom Segura guy. Tom Segura, Bo Burnham, uh, and other guys that are really good and entertaining. I love the first Tom, the Tom Segura's first stand-up CD. Oh, uh, Hannibal oh. Burris. I'd probably have to say he's top three. Is definitely of- up there. A lot of people sleep on Hannibal Burris. His stand-up is very, yeah. very, so good. There, His live in Chicago CD is brilliant, start to finish. There's, there's, there's one name I was hoping that I would hear you say, and that was Mitch Hedberg. Have you listened to Mitch Hedberg at all? Ooh, oh yeah, it's, that's a classic. That's the thing though, is like at this point in time, like there's no new. Unfortunately, there's no new. There's no unreleased Mitch Hedberg track. Right. That's the like the crazy part. Whenever a rapper passes away, and then for twenty years they have it's like, oh, we got this new diss track from so and so, and it's like, <laughs> guy died. <laughs> like, how, <laughs> how is he still making music? Uh, but like with Mitch Hedberg, everybody does an impression. Everybody knows those jokes, and not saying that they're bad or anything, but it's like, it's almost like karaoke. You hear people like, yeah. you get some people started on it, and then they can just recite it like you know, word for word from memory. It's, I would, uh, yeah, okay. Like, I want to hear something new, though. Right, right. I would pin you for a John Mulaney fan, too. I could see that. John Mulaney is really good. See, that's the thing is like, you put somebody on the spot and you're like, I don't know what comedy is anymore. And then <laughs> you get somebody talking for a little bit and then you're like, you know what? I like everybody. Throw names out there. I don't care. Right. <laughs> well, and that's not the one name you're like, nope, absolutely not. Actually, yeah. I see you guys later. <laughs> There is so many jokes on you, Kevin. There's one guy without question. I can tell you that I despise and that's fucking Anthony Jesselnik. I'm good. I'm good. So here's my thing. And I, I, it might upset someone. I see your reaction. I'm sorry. He wants desperately to get the heat that Daniel Tosh gets. (laughs) And by doing it, he comes off as a total douchebag. Here's the problem. I don't think there's an off switch. I think that's him 24 7, 365. I think it's it's great that you said somebody's trying to be Daniel Tosh and they come across like the douchebag. Exactly. Comparing douches to douches at that point. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Hey, man, it's like that episode of South Park, you know, uh, douchebag or what, turd sandwich or some shit. I'm not a South Park guy, brother. I'm not either. (laughs) I'm not either. But I just, somewhere in the back of my mind, that's sitting. (laughs) Now, that one. I will give. Between the two, between Tosh and Jeselnik, I will say that sometimes Tosh can make a jab at himself. And kind of like, oh, but it's like, oh, he got himself. Okay, like he's on, he's on our side. Yeah, we all make fun of things. You know, <laughs> he's kind of, he's good at uh, kind of taking himself down a notch, kind of in the middle of a, of a set of jokes. Now, I I did hear you at one point refer to yourself as the Roger Rabbit of pro wrestling. Uh, yeah, could, could you elaborate a little bit on that thought? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, uh, so like I was in a in a ladder match. Uh, just a couple weeks ago and they're like we want to do this spot we want to do this spot and i'm like (sighs) (laughs) okay like and nothing against nothing against uh, ladder matches or hardcore guys or people that do death matches i have a couple friends or a couple people that i'm big fans of that do death matches um it's not my thing not that there's anything wrong with it just not for me um and so uh whenever someone's like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. And, uh, 
let's do this spot. You know, we're going to push you and do that big hangman over the top rope, or we're going to do this and put you through a table. And I'm like, but where's it, where's it going? What's the payoff going to be? Is this going to be funny? And if they're like, yes, like, okay, perfect. Then I'm down. Like if it's going to elicit a laugh or get a jokey response, all goes through whatever weird, complicated contraption or move that you want to. But if it's supposed to be serious, like, I don't do serious. So. That's that's outstanding. Whoa, 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 whoa! You that's don't do serious? I am no. What? That's that's like even uh, I work for a company down here, Pro Wrestling Phoenix, PWP Live. Um, they usually run every third uh, once a Thursday, once a month on a Thursday or a Friday. So we do some Thirsty Thursday shows. We do some kick off your weekend shows on Friday, and uh, we go through it. I was supposed to take a falcon arrow through a table, and I go up and I. I don't know if they forgot to gimmick the table or what. Uh, I didn't see it until the match had started and we already planned, like, this is how you're being eliminated from the match. So we, you have to do this or you've got about 30 seconds to decide another way that you're going to get taken out of this match. It's just like Falcon arrow me through the table. I'm eliminated. I'll hang out. I go up, I go down. I think they imported this table from Japan because I splatted against it. My leg went over one side and I just kind of did this weird back bend over the side of it and i just just made this weird hollow thud and you could tell that like the audience i think was more concerned i don't i don't do stuff like that i've never gone through a table i've never been hit by a chair um or if i have it's been so long ago that people have forgotten about it and so the fact that i hit i think people were impressed by and then when i didn't go through they're like oh that looked like it hurt (laughs) i did i did i was a perfect you right over that table so uh the guy goes, I got to splash you. I, I got to go up top. And I just went, whatever you want, man. Like, I'm just, <laughs> just kind of going along with it at this point. Uh, so table breaks. This thing was as thick as a countertop. I, I kid you not. I'm, I'm convinced it was like two inch thick table. Um, I go through it and the rubber wrapper that goes around that table was still intact in a little bit. So I'm, I'm dead. I'm just laying there motionless. And the referee comes to check on me and he goes, Hey, are you okay? And he pulls back this one chunk of table that was by my head. And when he pulls it back, the rubber goes tight and then snapped it back into place. And it hit me all across. Like I think I got hit on the cheekbone up past my left eye and then kind of on the top of my head. And I just went, are you effing kidding me? Like I'm laying on the ground trying to not let it be seen. And what's funny is like from my vantage point, I can see right into like the other the hard camera is stationed the guy that's running music and sound and he is just rolling on the ground laughing because he saw it happen in real time and i'm just (laughs) i just got this real sour face you know this real sour disgusted face and the referee apologized you know over and over again and i'm like stop worrying about me i'm done you know go go worry about them pay attention right yeah that is that is outstanding where so where coming you're originally from nebraska uh did you find the the ice cream scoop in nebraska that's what i want to question which one no this one and i've got this one i think you know which one i'm talking about i'm talking about the big boy oh shit are we getting it there we go yes that one that that is just too good that's commitment that one, that's about, to a T. I think it's like five foot six 
five foot eight. I think that's how tall it is. So. Are you serious? You got an ice cream scoop I taller than I am? That's uh... yeah, <laughs> and it, it weighs about yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> On the internet, everybody's six four, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's what I meant, of course. Thanks for calling. Oh, no, I'm, me I'm there you go. three. Come on, come on. Oh yeah, oh, we geez. did it, Kevin. Well, fit, we did it. Fit, right, right. <laughs> uh, no, from, but from being being from Nebraska. Coming up, I, I don't know how old you are. I'm guessing you had to get into wrestling sometime during the Attitude Era. I'm just taking a, a shot in the dark. When did you When did you get into wrestling? Have you always been a fan and and stumbled you know stumbled in? Said you wanted to be a manager. I mean, where did where did your fandom yeah, so, kind of start? Uh, so my family was a big professional wrestling fan family. Uh, we didn't get to we didn't all gather around the, around the TV and eat our dinner and watch you know, whatever sitcom was on, we make sure your homework's done, make sure dinner's done, make sure your clothes are picked up for, for school tomorrow. You got to watch Raw tonight. You know, that's the one night of the week. We're going to let you stay up. So, um, uh, Omaha, you don't really think of Omaha as much. Like now people go like, oh, it's the uh, Omaha World, uh, Omaha Stakes College World Series. Uh, there's the Olympic swim trials. You know, we're kind of known for <laughs> kind of like, uh, uh, like, just Nebraska is not really known for much. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I don't. Mean you got your, you, you got I, your couple things. <laughs> I was, I was. Yeah, we've got our. I was talking to a. Whoa, go, go God, don't act like you got much more in fucking Minnesota, <laughs> hey, Take it easy. You know that I do. No, I was talking to a coworker today, and and I, I said, I said, wait now, wait now. I said Nebraska, and I looked at her. I said, I don't know shit about Nebraska. I said to me. Nebraska is no. kind of like the Swiss of the United States. They're there, probably nice people, but they're just neutral. It's just a neutral party over there. So yeah. like, like I got, yeah. I got, got nothing as far as that goes. Tim, I got. If you're you. like a, if you're like a mid '90s college football guy, you know Nebraska is one of the toughest collegiate football teams to play against. Tim, I got not you. so much since then. Uh, <laughs> we dominate in women's volleyball. We're really good at that. <laughs> Hold on, man. I'm going to come for Kevin. Don't worry. Kevin, <laughs> when I think Minnesota, I think two things. I think Marshall from How I Met Your Mother, and I think Kirk <laughs> Cousins. So do with that what you will. He's not from Minnesota. Where's he fucking from? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Even better. I attribute someone who's not even your own. That's, You're that's, welcome. That's, that's, I'm that's, giving you one. That's 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 okay. I'll I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, he is anyways, a national Tim, treasure. You were talking about. Uh... <laughs> I was trying to figure out what Nebraska was known for. Right. Uh, I mean, of, I've I've learned a lot of, about Nebraska today. <laughs> Nebraska is kind of shaped like a weird hat. There you go. I like it. As far as like a, as far as the shape goes, uh, no, that's like that's not. A joke like we're uh the people here that are kind of realist that kind of understand what nebraska is and you know we're a big corn and wheat producing state we do a lot of beef uh it's on a global scale omaha steaks calls world series olympic swim trials like that's really what we're kind of known for like on a big broad level but not really known specifically um uh, I'm trying to think though. Like, as far as like professional wrestling history in Omaha, Ted DiBiase, Sting, Mad Dog Vachon, like there are names from Nebraska. Um, so we do, we do have a little bit of a claim to fame as far as like the, the wrestling history goes. Mm -hmm. uh, most recently, though, I think from the Midwest, what gets a lot of attention is probably Merrick Brave and um, 
Seth Rollins with their Black and Brave School out of Davenport, Iowa. I think that kind of gives us a little bit of attention just because there's people that I've worked with and worked against and have worked for. There's people that I travel with regularly that have come out of Black and Brave, and they're just on a whole entirely different level as far as like wrestling talent goes. Um, but there are, we kind of joke that it's like a wrestling black hole, that it's uh, it's kind of like it's a, it's a flyover state. You might stop here. We're not really a big enough hub city if you compare it to like a Dallas or like a Chicago. So people tend to fly right past us. Uh, but like current modern day Nebraska, it's kind of like, do you like hamburgers? <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't really know what to ask you or what to tell you about the state. I will tell you though, I'm a fan of hamburgers. Yeah, the Midwest has some of the best hamburgers in the country. I love when you hear people from like the coast and you're like, like, have you ever had a butter burger? And they're like, a what? And it just knocks them flat. And it's like, oh, buddy, we are going to Culver's. You're going to have to double, you know, double tell them that you want vegetables on your hamburger because the Midwest hates flavor. So they don't put anything on hamburgers. <laughs> I'll tell you, dude, when I, the first time I got Culver's, holy shit. Uh, that yeah, we have it, changing, we, right? We have it in Florida. So I, I was opening up a Wawa, actually. So, yeah, I think it was in Fort Myers, Florida. I was opening up the entire market. Like Wawa hadn't come there yet uh, because mm-hmm. Wawa was still new to Florida. Now they're everywhere. But so they were opening up the market and Fort Myers was opening it. And so I was in a plaza with a Chipotle and a uh, uh, Culver's. And so they gave us $45 a day to spend on food. Oh man, did that go to Fiji water and Culver's? <laughs> the minute I had those yeah. cheese curds, my life changed forever. And I was so pissed because by the time we actually got Culver's up in my area, because we only mm-hmm. had one in Tampa. So we got one over here and they didn't have the mushroom Swiss burger on opening. So I was like, you tempt me with the best fucking burger. <laughs> and I can't. Yeah, that's what- that's what like all their posters and stuff have on it too, is they show those real thick crinkle cut fries. They show those nice, those uh, cheese curds that are like the size of your thumb. And then they show a Swiss and, uh, Swiss and mushroom burger. And then you go get one. <laughs> I was working an event once uh, for this restaurant. I opened up called capital tacos <laughs> and there was a Culver's that was like, it was like a franchise Culver's and they were working there and I got so many coupons and I was like, Hey, you guys got the curd samples. And I kept every 20 minutes, I was going over to that booth, just getting those yep. cheese curds. And then obviously going and getting all the beer from the different local breweries. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not, yeah, buddy. I got to keep it on brand. The uh... <laughs> no, Culver's has Culver's doesn't have ice cream. They have custard. They so do. It's a little they... bit different. They do I... have custard and it's good. So let's, I was just going to say, let's get it from the man himself. How do you feel about the custard? Uh, it's not ice cream, but it's a good replacement. If you're in a pinch, it'll do. <laughs> All right. So now that we're down this road, let's get your other opinion. Milkshakes or malts? Mm-hmm. Milkshakes. Okay. 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 I'm personally a malt guy. I went to yeah. uh, Whataburger up in Jacksonville after Double or Nothing on Sunday mm-hmm. when we're recording this, it's still that week. And I got a chocolate malt from there, dude, that did that slap, but I'll tell you a mushroom Swiss, uh, Whataburger patty melt with a chocolate malt. Ooh. How can you go wrong? Ooh. Yeah. That's a good afternoon. 
Well, I mean, it was three o'clock in the morning, and I waited an hour <laughs> in the line. Uh, it was so crazy. So I guess Whataburger is that's where it's at, Jacksonville. There's a bunch of them, and there's nothing to eat after 10 p.m. up there, just like where I live. And so mm-hmm. everyone just eats Whataburger late night. So you're you got a Sunday night on Memorial Day weekend. I the line was wrapped around the building like you didn't know where it began or begun began because there was cars next to the cars in the drive-thru. It was literally that bad. And so trying to get out of the drive-thru was a whole nother set of issues that you had to deal with. But I'll tell you what, they fucked my food up and it was still worth it. Every <laughs> second I asked for no grilled onions and I got it. But you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> You know, there's sometimes it's like, it's like, if this is the worst part of my day, I'm having a pretty good day. And you just kind of got to roll with it. You know, (laughs) you you took the words from my mouth. I couldn't have said it better. It's like grilled onions. It's over. I I don't know what to do now. (laughs) I got to say, I'm kind of a bitch. I'm a bitch when it comes to grilled onions. They kind of complimented it. (laughs) I think that I think that yeah. if you're eating Whataburger at uh, three o'clock in the morning, you might want to re- rethink a couple <laughs> steps prior to, brother. Well, do you think I'm going to spend twenty, dude? I went up to go get a beer. Right, it was like halfway through the show, and I was like, "Wow, this card is way longer than I expected, and I'm way more sober than I expected." So I went to go grab a beer, and a PBR Tall Boy was twelve fucking dollars. I not for nothing. I'll spend more money than I should on a PBR, but $12 for a 16 ounce PBR. You can kiss my ass. There is a professional wrestling has kind of tainted how much I'm willing to pay for a t-shirt. If it's more than $20, it better come laced with gold. Like I'm not spending more than 20 bucks, pal. Well, especially like we, so we just got all pro wrestling crate. Al's been getting it forever, but me and Kevin just subscribed because eventually we want to kind of rip off shining wizards podcast. Shout outs to them though. Uh, They have all these big giveaways. So we were talking about doing something similar and using the things we wouldn't want out of a pro wrestling crate for those giveaways. And I'll tell you now that I can spend 40 bucks and get two sick shirts and a bunch of other cool ass shit sipped to me without even thinking about it. Like, just mm-hmm. like you said, I will not spend more than 20 bucks, but also the hardcore like music scene got me the same way. Like I'm like 20 bucks. What kind of tour package are you on asshole? I know your price yeah. match in every other band. <laughs> well, there's like, who do you think you are? $25. You're almost like offended by it. <laughs> Is that shit on American apparel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's even the thing. So I, I worked for a screen printer for a little bit and then just doing, um, I kind of got into the local wrestling scene doing uh, graphic design work and t-shirt designs for some of the wrestlers here. Um, and I just did it for so long that eventually they're just like, that's the guy in the area to go to. Uh, we, I used to joke, if you throw like a two color design on like your run of the mill Gildan t-shirt, you're making DIY homebrew bulletproof armor. That stuff is so thick. It's unbreathable. It is the most humid t-shirt you've ever worn. It's cardboard that's been shaped into a lowercase t. I don't know how you make that even more uncomfortable, but they found a way to do it. You know why they sell so well? The sleeves roll the best. I'm a a guy who likes to roll his sleeves. You get those thinner material shirts 
what happens is like right here oh. in the middle where the seam yeah. is, they always come unraveled and you can never roll them. I mean, that's just personal experience. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Gildan Tees. <laughs> I, uh, Life's full of disappointments, brother. <laughs> hey, Kevin, maybe in your Girl life now. And t-shirt sleeves. <laughs> you know what? We're just trying to make the best of it, though. That's all. That's all. That's, I will tell you this much, though. If people want, like, uh, if I could give one word of advice to wrestlers that are getting started, if you don't want to kick up for that X for the next level apparel, or for that super soft style tee, a Gildan 50-50 soft style is the softest shirt you can get for the least amount of money per shirt. That is, those are words to live by. Gildan 50-50 soft style. Your fans will notice the difference. Do you do you do all of the designs on your uh, apparel? On What a Maneuver? Yeah. Um, so I've got a, a store through What a Maneuver. If you do search for Tim Boston or Colstone, I pop up. Um, I've done all my designs on there. Um, I've worked with quite a few people that to launch or to add to their stores for um, for their pro wrestling tea store. Um, I just recently worked with Shane Taylor out of Ring of Honor. Okay. So I did three shirt designs for him. Um, the first person that I ever did, it was kind of like a name, like kind of a land of big fish, was uh, Sanjay Dutt uh, right after he had left TNA and he was kind of doing some independent stuff. Um, which the first time I ever stepped in a wrestling ring and tried to do something uh, physically like that was besides putting it together or making sure like seams didn't pop up or anything like that. I learned chain wrestling with Sanjay Dutt um, wow. and at the end of 20, 000, uh, 2014. Um, but I've worked with uh, quite a few people. Um, I'm, now I'm drawing a blank because you put me on a spot for it. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I do all my own stuff. I do, I've done professional design work for close to 20 years. Um, gotcha. and so I'll do my own stuff. This is like the most, this is like a family guy episode of like, uh, like dives and turns we've taken. It's like, yeah. how did you get started in wrestling? You called yourself this. Here's some grilled onions. Do you know about hamburgers? I was in Florida and it just, and now it's looping back around to illustration and design. So. But where yeah, in that Florida, is, uh, that's the real question. Just, just, just wait, waiting for the next cut scene is all just waiting for the next cut. Scene. <laughs> it is. Um, oh. You were, you, so you, you design all your own gear, and I was really happy when I saw on Twitter you tweeted out your trunks that and you actually wore those trunks. The, when you, the dumb trunks. Yeah, when, when you were with uh, when you when you wrestled Ryan Cruz, and that was a topic yep. that we spoke because I was there with uh, my wife and uh, another couple from Texas that were in town, and then uh, my buddy Duke, and that was a topic that we talked about after the after the matches were over. Like what his his trunks? They said front on the front and back on the back and and i told him i said yeah i said it was a he's, he's got a kind of a comedy character so i'm guessing that that a was comedy a comedy character that, that, that was a thought and that was he put he put a lot of thought into that and then to read that it was just somebody else's mistake i i, yeah, I couldn't that was, stop laughing i had a person um so uh i was trying to a lot of the stuff that i did very early on was very basic i just had plain black boots Plain back black knee pads. Uh, I wore bikers, so kind of like low cut shorts for probably about the first six or eight months that I was wrestling. And then people are like, "No, nope, if you're going to commit to this and do it, you got to do it right. You got to go with wait, the trunks." Wait a second. And you so I just, wore like bike shorts. Uh, they're like trunks. Okay. Um, but just have maybe like a two inch. Uh, 
leg, I guess. I don't know. Okay. It's almost think like almost like a really shortcut uh, boxer brief. It's kind of like really like okay. gotcha. what it would be. So um, I was very self conscious about my appearance, and I'm like, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna stare at my at, at the stretch marks on my legs, or they're gonna stare at my at my my gut that's you know hanging out over the top of my waistband. Uh, so I was like, let's see what. And then it was just like once I wore trunks, and I've wrestled in um, in long tights and stuff like that before, and like one-off shows. I always try to do something in the area special for Halloween, and so I've dressed up as other characters. I was Y two Cold, Chris Jericho, uh, one year for Halloween. Um, I did an angle while I was ripping off the promoter Jason Strife, and so I wore some of his old gear. Um, I even filmed a promo in his car. That's one of my favorite promos I've ever done. That was kind of riffing on the wrestler promo uh, car promo. Where it's, uh, you know, that's the quietest place that they have to film in their house. That's the only place that they have some sort of camera stabilization unit, yeah. that dash cam. And so it was like, it was me joking around in his car. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I know I hate, people hate it when they're talking in their car, but this is a really nice car. And then I pan the camera around and he's standing just outside me and he just mouths the words, what are you doing in my car? And I just ended it with, I gotta go. And that was like the end of the promo. It was like 20 seconds, like... So to jump back to the gear design, um, I uh, kind of watching Austin's career for a very short period of time. He actually had like this blue and white kind of winged skull logo that he wore on the back of his trunks. I want to say for maybe a month, like it was there and gone super fast. And it was with his vest. That's when he kind of started getting creative and kind of adding a little bit of personality to it. It's someone that really understands branding and like making a memorable uh, impression on people but then he has such a generic look like it's like bald uh, beard uh, black trunks black knee pads black boots that's it like, that's, like, that's, that's like the default create a wrestler in like all the 2k games like how <laughs> okay you're one of the most memorable wrestlers of all time but okay you know depending um, on who you are he has that move set too <laughs> he, he does yeah so, uh, but what's really funny is that um, I've worked a couple guys with them. I'm like, I'm like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I do like create a wrestler moves at number three. And I'm like, I'm the only person in the history that should be able to say that. <laughs> what, what moves do you do? Yeah. Uh, so, um, what do you do in that situation? I'm just like, walk me through it. Like you're explaining pro wrestling to your parents. Like I'm dumb baby steps here. Catch me through this. So, um, so with the truck, so it was with Austin, he had the smoking skull and I'm like, I want the melting skull. So I had the skull logo on a, on an ice cream cone. I was like, perfect. I'm going to use this everywhere. I used it as part of my t-shirt as the first couple of t-shirt designs that I had put out. I had used it on as like stickers and magnets. Um, I used it to cut to end my promos on. I wanted people to see that go, Oh, that's, that's, that's Tim Boston. That's who that is. Um, and so I've worked with uh, gear designing is really tricky. I've kind of started doing my own recently. I've done some for some other people. It's really good at flat designs. And when you're trying to think 3D, like here's the front, here's the back, and this is how it wraps around to the side. It's almost like it's like mind numbing. Like you think about it way too much and you're like, if this is on the left side, it needs to be on the right. No, 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 no. And I'm trying to like stand up and like, okay, this is how I'm looking at it. And I'm like trying to like picture how I would draw this out. And fortunately I've been, um, I've been 
uh, graced working with some really good gear designers that I can just kind of send them reference photos and say, here's what I'm thinking of. Can you make this work? And they're like, nailed it. Uh, Enhancement Talent Clothing out of Minnesota, they are lifesavers. They're such a good, such a good crew. So if anybody's looking for stuff, I suggest you start with them. Um, but uh, as I'm kind of starting to, uh, to sell the black trunks, Steve Austin can get away with that. I'm nowhere near Steve Austin. I need people to have that character reinforced every time they see me. So some promo photos, eight by tens, post on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I need to drive this home. Um, I just happened to have someone reach out to me through Instagram and they said that they were a costume designer for cosplayers. And so they had worked with a lot of material that wasn't stretchy or didn't have a lot of give to it. Uh, cosplayers, they kind of wear something, they pose, they move on very gingerly and very carefully, pose again, kind of walk around. But like, as far as like being athletic, being flexible, that's really not what cosplayers were for. So he's like, well, I assume it's a he. Uh, this person said, like, I'd like to work with you. I'm starting to work with four-way stretch fabric. I have this serger machine that I think can do all the, all the different uh, uh, stitches and stuff that that are needed. If I make you a pair of trunks, can I advertise it so I can start to kind of dip my foot into that business a little more? And I'm thinking, like you know, that's how I got my my start in pro in the pro wrestling scene was doing t-shirt designs for people. And like, yeah, I did free stuff, right? I did stuff that was dirt cheap compared to like what my normal freelance rate was. So I kind of was like appreciated, like yeah, you know what? I'm going to help someone get in in the business the way that I that I got into it. So uh, I was like, let me get um, a design going. I'll get it to you here pretty soon. And so I'm going back and forth with a gear designer and kind of laying this all out, getting my logo placed and everything like that. Honestly, the first thing that I sent to the gear designer was just a drawing of black trunks that said front, <laughs> back, and then on the back, kind of left cheek, a skull or something here with an X on it. And it was like, that's where we kind of, that's where we wanted to place this, the melting skull logo. And so once we kind of get everything sized and placed and we're talking and kind of hashing out and it's like, nope, don't put it, don't put the logo on the back. None of your promo photos are going to be taken from the back. None of your matchup screens are going to be provided from the back. Get that face. People need to see your face as much as possible. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's smart. So we moved it to the front and kind of angled it uh, to kind of run across the hip line. Once we kind of got it in place and got everything sized and you're like, this is simple. Anybody's going to be able to do this. We sent that email chain off and it was, the idea in sending the email chain to the final person to be making the gear was here. You can see the conversation that we've gone through and you can see the decision tree that we've gone through to get to this final thing. Hopefully this makes sense. And the reason why we put this here as opposed to on the back, or we put it on the right, as opposed to the left, you can see those decisions and you can see that conversation. So about two weeks go by and I get a package in the mail. And I'm like, yes, this is it. And so I open it up. And it's a pair of trunks that say front <laughs> and on the back, it says back. And I kind of joked, I was like, this can't be, this, this is a joke. Like I'm, there's another package showing up tomorrow or there's another pair hidden in here somewhere that has to be the real design. And so I just sent them off a message through, through Instagram. I'm like, Hey, uh, I think you read the wrong part of the email. And I just get a response back. Mr. Tim, I'm very sorry. I read the wrong part of the email. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, and for for but the thing. Oh, go ahead. The the thing that's great about those those are probably some of my favorite 
at the time, those trunks fit better than anything I ever put on. Like they got the sizing and the measurements down like to a T. They felt like show, like pay-per-view quality material. And like the stitching was really good. Whoever did it, I can't, I couldn't remember their name. In the Twitter thread, um, it was um, uh, Boar, Pick Daddy Cool on Twitter. Uh, the whole kind of like setup and kind of like following the tone. I did have to recreate the email that showed like Tim, I read the wrong part of the email. That's just, that's, I had to recreate that screenshot because this has been like five years since I've had these. Um, and so people are like, that looks fake, that's fake. It's like, yes, but to follow the trend and to follow the style of the Twitter, which is here is the look, here is the inspiration. I needed to recreate this so everyone could get the, get the story right. But uh, no, it was just really funny. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wear this. I don't care. These fit great. They're dumb. They kind of go along with it. Um, that's like someone was like, oh, like that's your style of humor. I would have thought that you would have done that though. My humor is very surface level. If you have to think about it, you're not going to get it. That's like, what if I filmed a car promo, for, uh, a car promo, and, the, and I'm in someone else's car? Boom, there's an idea. Me setting up this kind of like cake wreck style gear, that is way too much thinking for me. I'm a, I'm a very much like, I thought of this at three in the morning. Let's, let's do it right now. While you're eating Whataburger. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and w- while I was, well, I, I would have never believed it had you not tweeted that out from where I was <laughs> as a fan in the audience. I just thought, like, I thought that was another layer of genius to making <laughs> me, like making me laugh and making me enjoy that, you know, that match. I, and it, it would have been. I wish I told him. Um... The Midwest, uh, Sammy Callahan, he runs his show, Pro Wrestling Revolver, out of Des Moines. So they do uh, they do shows from once in a while. They'll have seminars. They'll bring people in. I told that story to Jimmy Jacobs, and he laughed so hard he had to lay down. <laughs> like, Jimmy Jacobs has seen and done everything. So the fact that I can get him to just bust up laughing like that, I'm like, okay, that's a feather on my cap. I'm going to hold on to that story. <laughs> that's incredible. Now I'm going to take a left turn on you. Mm-hmm. Have you played the video game Kane and Lynch? And there is a reason I ask this. I have, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Hitman series, and IO Interactive also makes Kane and Lynch. Okay, perfect. Because I know it, it was a while ago now, but on my personal Twitter, you and I went back and forth about Kane and Lynch and the second yeah. Kane and Lynch. Did you play the second one as well? I can't say I did. Okay, okay. There is. That is one of the funniest video games you could ever play <laughs> with a buddy and just sitting back drinking, yeah. drinking beers because it is so, it is so vulgar and violent. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's so when you're playing it with, like I said, with a buddy and you have that camaraderie where you're drinking beers and you're like, I can't believe you and I are running naked through an airport <laughs> right now. That is, that is while shooting things. Like it's just, it's just so outrageous. Mm-hmm. But on that, on that same trend of video games, do you have a, do you have like a go-to video game that you're, you're going to, I mean, to kill time, to replay a story to what? Oh, gotcha. Um, I tried dipping my toes in a PC gaming a little bit. That's an expensive hobby. If you really want to stay on top of it, that's like, yes, a, like you see people nowadays that like all the, all the cards that are going for like four or 500 bucks are should are actually up to like a thousand, 1200, 1500 bucks just cause everyone, all everyone's buying them up for cryptocurrency and, right. and stuff like that. Um, 
uh, but I was fortunate. I, I was able to get, uh, I was very, very lucky. I got an Xbox Series X uh, right at launch. I was actually able to pre-order it and pick it up on day. Um, so my wife and I, we play a lot of Borderlands. That's kind of like our just zone out game. It's like, let's just jump into Borderlands 3 and let's just run through some stuff, kill some stuff. And next thing you know, two, three hours have gone by. Uh, personally, though, like the game that I've probably started and then stopped and picked up and played played to con- completion is um, the original Dark Souls from the Xbox 360 days. Uh, I think I've I think I've put probably about 300 hours into that game. Wow. Just like, hey, let's pick this up. Okay, cool. Well, I played six hours of it. Whatever, I'll come back to it later. And then it's, well, I don't know what to play. I'm not really sure what I'm thinking of. Hey, I'll just jump back into this game. That's like, I've, oh man, I've I just run through that game. I've gotten it down where I can beat it in about five hours now. But it's like, that's kind of like my comfort game where it's like, I don't really want to start something new, but I don't really know what I should play. I'll just do this to pass the time. Right. Right. That's okay. me. I, I used to do that with, uh, uh, Morrowind on the original Xbox. Mm-hmm. That's I to, I'd play through and play through and play through. And that was, oh, yeah. and I always go back and they're like, no, now I'm going to do it as this character. And now I'm going to yeah. do it as this well, character. That's me with fallout. I almost, yeah. The fallout games are like that. Uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, I think I stuck close to 400 hours in. Um, and it was just, I almost lost my job when that game came out. <laughs> uh, I, was like, I was like, I'm just going to do this one little mission. And next thing I know, it's two hours later. And I'm like, I should have been to work an hour and a half ago. Like, <laughs> I was waking up two hours before work so I could get some in yeah. before I went to work. <laughs> if, man, I, you see people like battle with addiction. You're like, that's awful. Cause I can relate. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh man. Like, that's a man, video you, game. You heroin like guys are messed up. I'm going to go kill about 28 yeah. hours in one video game. <laughs> yeah. You're chasing a dragon. I'm chasing the dragon. I know what I'm doing. So. <laughs> I got a different kind of drip. <laughs> you know, some people's mm-hmm. priorities are just fucked up. What can you say? <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> so, I don't want to eat up too much more of your time, brother. I do want to know where I can find your merch. Yeah, buddy. Okay. So, um, uh, these stuff like that all on Watermanu, they've been, uh, very good to me. Um, uh, Michael, who runs that down, um, when he's like, Hey, I've got to reach out and kind of, I want to be an alternative to pro wrestling tees. I want to um, offer softer shirts. I want to do higher payouts. He's like, you're the guy. He's like, you've done a lot of stuff for some of the podcasts for kind of some of the personality driven t-shirts that, that we've done. He's like, you want to be that first guy that we kind of open this up to? I was like, hell yeah, man. Like, I don't know. If someone gives me a platform and someone is, seems like they're being genuine, I will support them through thick and thin. Um, you know, someone gave me an opportunity to kind of do my thing. So I want to help. I want to give that back. I want to give somebody else an opportunity to kind of, you know, present what they're passionate about, present what they're excited about, uh, bring that to a larger audience, you know, in any way that I'm, that I'm capable of doing. Um, so when he's like, start sending me some t-shirt designs, we'll get everything set up. And I think within the first, I think in the first month I had three or four shirts up there. Now I think I've got like six, seven, eight, maybe nine I've t-shirts. Seen, yeah, I've, seen um, I've got stuff that's on you that's on your regular run-of-the-mill black t-shirt. I've got stuff that runs on like a nice bright yellow that's on like a hot pink and a cyan blue. Like I kind of run the gamut of colors. Um, that's the one thing that people always say. It's like, you're the one guy. Like, it's kind of funny now because most of my t-shirts are black 
pro wrestling fans love their black t-shirts. I don't know what it is, but like if you offer any other color that's not black or like a dark charcoal gray, they are not interested. <laughs> um, uh, but no, like I, I do alternate colors like uh, to print stuff. It's, it can be very cost uh, heavy. It can be a real uh, big upfront cost to kind of print different colorways and different color slots and stuff like that. But through what a maneuver, I can offer all of those all the different color options, whether the print's a different color or the t-shirt's a different color and give color choice options to fans and the people that want to buy it. Um, I can, afford, I, we can do that at what a maneuver. So it's what a maneuver.net. And then um, I think I link from it from my Twitter account. So if you find me there, it's uh, Twitter is CS underscore Tim Boston. Same with Instagram. Uh, you can find me on, on Facebook. It's a, uh, just search up Tim Boston. I think it's a Tim Boston wrestler. I think if you actually go to you know, like want to type in the full, the full address, but um, yeah, I'm really pushing the what a maneuver stuff. They do great stuff. I mean, I've had people say like, I ordered this on a Monday and I got it on Friday. This is a super soft t-shirt. Thank you. Like they do great work. Uh, I stand by them. They're phenomenal. That's great. That's great. And where, what, what dates do you have coming up? What dates are you looking to, to fill is your summer tour are you are you booked summer out, tour, yeah it's, no i'd love to so that's like the crazy thing is i was looking to try to get some summer dates and i had someone reach out to me and they're like i know you want to talk summer let's talk 2022 if i give you some dates can i run you february through december and i'm like hell yes what sorry well yeah i'll yeah. be more than happy to commit to those dates so uh so that was the fun part. I'm trying, there's a handful of states that I'm trying to break into. I've been fortunate enough. So at the end of June, I'm working with homegrown of Illinois. And so that's my uh, promotion debut and then also state debut. I'm really excited about that. Um, I just got one other show, uh, June 11th in Omaha for PWP live. So that's a Friday. We're doing a little Friday night wrestling down at this real uh, cool music venue called the waiting room in, um, there's a very specific part of town called Benson. So the historic Benson area, it's got a lot of independent music, a lot of independent comedy, a lot of independent performers kind of get their start through there. Uh, it's a real cool historical uh, piece of, of Omaha. So that's just where I'm at for this month. Um, I've got Magnum Pro, a couple dates in July. Um, again, going to be at MAW um, back in July. So back up in Minnesota, I've got a couple dates in Minnesota in August and September. I'm kind of rolling into Wisconsin in September. So I'm kind of taking it all around. Um, but uh, kind of my goals, I'd love to break into Philadelphia. I'm a Chikara guy. So I really want to kind of get into uh, kind of those neighborhoods and kind of pick up what, you know, uh, post Chikara where some of those people have gone. I love what Camp Leapfrog is doing. I yes. love, love, love what we, uh, what we enjoy wrestling is doing. I think they've got a really cool program. Um, so it's like, you see people that are doing something new. You see people that are doing something unique. And you're like, I want to add to that. I want to collaborate with them. I want to do something cool with them. You know, let's, uh, what can I do to kind of add, to bring my flavor into the mix? You know, let's, let's, let's put something together. Um, and so I would love to work out there. Uh, usually looking at a couple different states to get my licenses going. Uh, Nebraska is, it's really funny. We're dead center of the, of the, of the U S but we're kind of the wild west when it comes to pro wrestling. Cause we don't need a state license or anything like that. Okay. Um, there's a couple states that are like that. There's a handful of states that you do need licenses to work in that, you know, you need some blood work and go through concussion protocol and all that fun stuff. Um, it's like kind of pick and choose just cause you have to pay for those yearly, but uh, right. I'm Illinois, Indiana, uh, 
uh, Wisconsin kind of hitting it all. So uh, I try to keep everybody in the loop a couple weeks before the shows happen. I try to promote as much as possible. So if you follow me, follow me on any social media platform. Um, I don't just talk about ice cream all the time. Every once in a while, you get a funny promo. Every once in a while, you see a poster where I've edited someone's forehead to look three times taller than it actually should be. I try to do it all. So. <laughs> that's wonderful. And anytime you're you're in Minnesota, that's 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 where I am. So if I can make it, I'm I'm gonna come out to see you, man. It's uh, watching yeah. watching your your and like. Like I say I saw you live once and that made me want to get online and see the rest of your matches. Uh, I really enjoy, <laughs> I really enjoy your work. I really appreciate it. It is, it is something that is, you've taken a new spin on something that I used to love and the spin that you, the spin that you, you took on it is phenomenal. Uh, I think anybody that's, that's out there, if you have the opportunity to uh, hop on YouTube, look up Tim Boston. I mean, just relax for a while and, and really enjoy the performance that's, that's in front of you. Uh, it is, it is something that I really, like I say, really appreciate. Uh, I really like what you're doing when you're in Minnesota, man, if I can get there, I'll be there. I got to ask, are any of those dates with first wrestling? That that's a bucket list promotion. There's a handful of companies I'd love to work with. Um, I've been fortunate to share locker rooms with uh, Dark Sheik and Anton from Hood Slam, uh, which is out in, in Oakland, California. I've wrestled with and I've wrestled against a uh, serial man who also works for uh, Hood Slam, who works for Wrestling Pro Wrestling out of California. Those are two companies I'd love to work with. Uh, I think kind of once things open up a little bit more, I may make a little investment myself, see if I can jump down there. Uh, First Wrestling is another one. So that's that's a bucket list show for me. I've, uh, Eric Cannon gave me some really good advice, kind of very early on, where he was like, "If you think you're doing stone, what do you think you do? Like, people need to get that gimmick, get that character from the second your music hits, so ram it down people's throats." You know, he really gave me some good advice on that. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work around uh, Derek Corbin. Um, uh, a lot of the people that are coming out of the academy, I've had some matches with them. I've, I've rubbed elbows with them, shared locker rooms, shared cards. There's a lot of talent in Minnesota, and so they're not hurting. You know, they're not looking for guys, you know, guys and girls and wrestlers outside of the state too much, which I can't blame them. There's a lot of different talent. There's some talent that's being underrepresented that they're given a spotlight to. They're given a platform to, so I applaud them for that. Um, but no, first wrestling I'm just waiting for that show. I'm just waiting for that opportunity. So uh, I think they know I'm interested. They know that I want to get up there. I'm just waiting for that show. And I've, I've been going to first wrestling shows since first wrestling started. Don't let Kevin lie to you. He's never and, been to one of their shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and love I, first wrestling. <laughs> and I really, I really think that knowing the audience that is there and being, you know, have being part of that audience since first wrestling shows were drawing 30 people to now you can't get a ticket. Uh, I would oh, love, yeah. I would love to be there for the reaction that you get coming down to the ring with that with that audience. I, I think it would be it would be absolutely wonderful. Anything they, uh, anything they did else? a show in Go ahead. Oh sorry. First wrestling did a show in Des Moines years ago and they had Scott Hall who's kind of a guest of honor alone. And it to me it kind of made, as an adult, it made me realize the power of professional wrestling, the power of nostalgia. Because his music hits, he's got the white and black kind of drip jacket going. He does the razor's edge walk through the curtain. And you saw about 300 full-grown adults just t 
time warp back to children, back to early teenagers. I mean, they were, everybody's doing too sweet. Everybody's doing wolf pack, you know, they, it was just like their eyes got the size of dinner plates and it was like, this is cool. Like I, I, you know, uh, people, they, they, they get into wrestling. They might fall out of wrestling. They always are wrestling fans though. And it was like seeing Scott Hall have that interaction with the fans and seeing what he did to those fans right then and there live and in person, like it made me realize how powerful of a medium professional wrestling could be. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, in my, in my opinion, it's always been something that, it, it doesn't have barriers like fans don't have barrier like when you're part of the fans you're there you're cheering you're booing but you're all there because of wrestling it's it's all about mm-hmm. bringing, bringing the people together and i know that uh shady Natras, we we had the opportunity to speak with him last month and he's got a mm-hmm. project up now called uh, pro wrestling unity and that's he's been in the business yes. for over 20 years and that's all he, he wants to do now is help people out, give back to the business. And, and just, like I said, bringing that, that community together is, is something that's beautiful because once you, once you step into the arena as a fan, it is, I mean, nobody sees anything, but we're all fans. We're all here to enjoy. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I, I really, I really love. Is there anything else that we can plug for you? Oh man, I think we've hit it all. Follow me on social media. On um, my Twitter account, I've got a pinned tweet that says new followers and it kind of runs down my history of pro wrestling. It's got some graphics of the, up there. It kind of shows where I've been, where I'm going. Um, if you kind of follow that thread though, it's like, here's my favorite match. That, uh, the match with Ryan Cruz is linked in there. It says, here's my favorite promo. It's the promo of me filming stuff in my trainer's car and then getting caught filming stuff in his car. Um, oh, do you have that video? of your top five moves. Cause I saw that. <laughs> that's linked in there. So that's, that's funny. I'll have to jump back to that real quick, but, um, uh, probably, uh, I was in a feud with a guy that I would eventually go on to become tag team partners with and tag team champions with down here at Magnum pro, uh, Donnie pepper cricket. Uh, we did a casket match. I think we were actually the first casket match in the state of Nebraska. <laughs> so unless some company did a throwaway in front of 12 people sometime, I, but I think we're the first, um, uh, but he he power bombs me onto a ice cream cone bed of nails with a board that has ice cream cones glued to it, and he picked <laughs> me up and boom, power bomb me on it. So uh, I've got that video in there, uh, my top five moves video. So about six months after I started wrestling, I reached out to the guy that um, his name's Logan Davis. He actually went to school uh, at Full Sail. He had an internship with WWE on their NXT program when they did the. May Young tournament. Okay. He's in the background. Uh, he filmed a lot of the vignettes and promos. There's times though, you can see him walking in the background or like holding a bottle of water or something like that. Like it's funny. Cause it's like, Oh, oh I know that guy. I know that guy. Uh, but he does a lot of the production up here in Omaha. He's amazingly talented. Um, uh, just a director as far as like coordinating and planning live events. He's, just on a whole other level. He's a universe brain. He's so smart when it comes to that stuff. Um, but I just messaged him. I was like, Hey, I've, I've got this idea. You know how everybody does like the top five moves and they do those like 30 to 45 second, like hype videos. It just shows them hitting move after move after move after move. And I was like, could we do something like that for me? And he's like, you've only had like eight matches. Like what? <laughs> we don't really have enough to pull from. And I'm like, I'm like that's, that's the joke. Like, just follow me on this. Like, what if it just said top five moves of Tim Boston? And then 
that's the end of the video. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's where it all started. See, it's like very simple humor. I don't have long-term eight-month storytelling. It's all just very surface level. And so I put it up on Facebook and I was like, check this out. I'm so happy with this. You know, come see me at another show. And the guy that I trained with commented on the video and he goes, I've been doing this for 13 years. I've never had anyone make a video like this for me. I never asked for someone to make a video like this for me. And he's kind of doing it like this real bravado kind of like, I'm, you know, who I'm so important. I'm never, I never bother someone to make a top, you know, all my moves are important. I don't have top five, you know, it's kind of like chess beating macho thing. And I just went, well, what move in the video was your favorite? And then I just respond about, about two minutes later and it just goes, damn it. There weren't any moves. And I'm like, got him. Got so, so you got you got me with that one very hard, and it felt like you know how people have their voicemail, and their voicemail is, "Hello, hey, what's going on? Hey, yeah. what's good? Yeah, leave a message." And I, I, yeah. I, I watched it, and I was like, <laughs> "What happened? Rewatch it. Watched it. I was like, I, I don't know what's going on here. I'm, I'm missing. I'm missing. So where's the where's Ooh, right over the head." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was, so when I started like getting on the road and traveling, I'd send that video. I was like, Hey, can, can I post this in the discussion of your event on Facebook? And they're like, I think there's something wrong with your video. It doesn't play anything. And I'm like, yeah, that's the joke. Like, <laughs> outstanding, outstanding. Without question, the best top five or video I've ever seen. No questions. Asked. It's almost, I had a, a uh, I had a promotion down in Arkansas and they're like, I need everyone to film a minute long promo to kind of help get fans familiar with you. And I sweated that promo. I was so nervous. Like I, my, all my promo videos are 10 to 15 seconds long. Cause it says real quick on the joke. Here's the show on to the next one. And they're like, we need you to do 60 seconds. And I'm like, Oh, ooh! I could do like four promos. <laughs> I'm trying to like negotiate with them. Like, ooh, can we do these little quick short takes? I love that Vine video. I love that TikTok length of video. Like, let's do something like that. And they're like, no, nah, man, 60 seconds start to finish. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> I know, like, I like swallow, like chew my way through it, but it worked. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Will, do you have any anything else for? for tim man i don't want to eat like i said i don't want to eat up too much of your time i really appreciate you i really appreciate you being on man as a a fan i'm very grateful i'm so thrown off with this one because i gotta tell you tim you're the first person where i like haven't had to fill in any empty air i uh (laughs) you are an open book and i love it i love it so so much and i'm gonna accept the same whoa kevin don't look at me in that tone of voice young lady what are you trying to say over there? I was, I was looking off camera here. That's... Uh, but seriously, uh, we extend this to most people. Uh, obviously, I'm still waiting for the person that we don't extend it to. But uh, we'd love to have you back. Also, this is a new thing. After the Shady interview, I've realized my new goal. I keep on realizing, and you have even furthered it, that indie wrestling and the local metal hardcore communities are one in the same mm-hmm. and so one day i'd very much like to book a show here in the next year or so so if you're trying to break into florida i just so happen to live in florida i'm trying to do something so we'll have to be talking about those um, kind of things um, 
not to agree to anything quite yet, but I've got a book of PTO. This is burning a hole in my pocket. So <laughs> you give me a ring, you give me an address. I'll make the, I'll take care of the rest. So. All right. Say, say no more, my friend, but definitely we're going to throw you a follow. Uh, and everyone else should follow you. And this is the start of something beautiful, just like all of our mutuals. But it's so happy to have you. I'm where it's that sentence made no sense. I think we are so happy to <laughs> fuck you, Kevin. We're so happy to have you here, man. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. Thank you very much. Um, it's been so so enjoyable, and I want to pick your brain. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the opportunity. So thank you, thank you again. It's a uh, you know it's. Uh, being in the Midwest, you know, like we talked about earlier, it's a flyover state. People don't know what's there. So this, it's, you know, let's bring a little light. Let's show off the talent that's around here. Let's talk about the companies that are running here. We've got a company that just celebrated 10 years at the beginning of January. We've got another company that's, I think, 15, 16 years in that they just celebrated here at the beginning of the year. Like wrestling's got a history here. There's some really great talent that could knock it dead seven days a week if they just had that chance of so, uh, you know, the fact that someone wants to take the time to kind of showcase somebody or kind of highlight that area of the map, I, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure's all mine. So thank you. Thank of course. You, We're going to have to get you in touch with yeah. Taylor, our other resident Midwesterner. God, he, uh, Taylor, he's a trip. This motherfucker's he keeps on texting me. He's like, hey, dude, sorry that I know you're in an interview right now, but hit me up when you get off. <laughs> what the hell do you need? You're right across the street, dude. <laughs> You're going to hear a knock on your window. And he's like, he's still on the phone. He's going to come and he's like, hey, I know I'm definitely like a co-host of this podcast, but I'm not on this one. But can I come bother you? It's fucking asshole. But hey, this has been so great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to eat ice cream just for you. you, Tim. Just for you. <laughs> And cheers. We'll catch you down the road, Tim. Thanks again, man. <laughs>